and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, g'day. Well, welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live without the Aussie Pastor. This is it's exciting. On now. Hey, g'day, mate. How are you? <laughs> I forgot to arm you. <laughs> I thought I was doing the program by myself. <laughs> Well, we've got off to a great start. Um, welcome to the program today. We're glad to have you on board. Yep, we're still coming to you from the lockdown capital of Australia. I think we can call ourselves that, hun. Yeah, we certainly um, can. Yeah, we can. I actually got to move today for the first time. I felt like I'd broken three, free and I'm headed out into the wild, wild, well, east, because we went across to get Liska's second Pfizer jab and we had to go outside our local LGA. We checked. We're allowed to do that for the jab. So we've had a morning of freedom. We've actually gone 20Ks back and forth, auntie. Okay. So you got out. How nice. You, we got out. How do you like that? Very nice. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, but this lockdown, eight weeks for us here in Sydney now, so it's been a long, long haul. You're over, what, a kilometre and a half, two k's from me yes, in couple, another studio? A couple of k's away, yep. Yep, he's, auntie, so he's directing, he's producing and directing this program from the front of his own house in a, in a little room there, and I'm at the front of my house in another little room. Both are kind of studios, aren't they, auntie? That's right. And we're, we're doing our, our, our radio and our television programs from these two little studios. It's quite amazing, isn't it? Oh, so I'm having a, I'm a little panic now because the internet's failing. I've got to reset all of our music system. Ah, okay. Well, I won't talk to you. I'll, I'll give you some room. No, that's that? okay. That's okay. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I bet you you're excited. If everything's collapsing on it, I bet you're excited. We're glad you're here. Big, big welcome to you. By the way, we're going to have Ask the Easy Pastor again today. And if you have a question you want to ask me, whether it's a Bible question or just a, a general question on life, I can't guarantee I'll answer it, but you can contact me and I'll give you the number. Normally, Hunter, you do this. Are you up for this, Hunter, or am yes. I going to do it? No, mate, I'm definitely up for it. Okay, the number that you still haven't learned off by heart. I know, right? Zero four double eight. This is this is by the way. This is what you text. What you yeah, SMS. This is, this is what you text. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Text or SMS your question to this number. Go Correct. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. Or you can email us your questions at info at aussiepasta Okay. Well, welcome again to the program. We're so glad to have you here. I hope, pray that you'll see just a little glimpse of Jesus. Well, big glimpse of Jesus and a little glimpse of heaven today. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey, Hunty, how are you yeah, going with that reset there, mate? Yeah, I reckon, I reckon we're good to go. <laughs> ah, good, good, good. Yeah. Have you been watching the news this week on your Channel 9 big screen television? Yes, I have been watching, yes. Look, by the way, I'll tell you how it works for Hunty. He's got a huge TV set up at the end of his bed. Well, you're used to, is that correct? 75 Bill? inches. Seven, I don't even know. It's how as big as the one is. in your dad's lounge room. Ten metres wide. <laughs> and he can just lie in bed. It's like you're in a great big widescreen. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. Seriously, it is. It is. It Quite is. amazing. And you've got you've got surround sound too, is that correct? I do. Full full subs and surround sound. It's quite the experience. So you have been watching the news. Hey, did you see what's going down in Afghanistan at the moment? Oh, dear. How terrible is that? It is so, so sad. On a couple of fronts, you think of all the soldiers' families 
the soldiers who went over there and lost their lives in battle. Yep. And now they, their families would be scratching their heads on thinking, what was this all about? Yeah. Was it worth... Was it worth the, the ultimate sacrifice of my loved one? I, th- I think it's really serious. And then the other thing that hit me, I mean, it was, it was apocalyptic, Andrew, was watching that big American 130 or whatever yeah, they the, are, the you big, know, the heavy great lifter. big transport jets they have with the yep. four jet engines taking off with people. Do you see it? I did. I, All I, over I, it. Yes. And then when it took off, what happened? Unfortunately, I saw at least two people fall off and it was high in the sky. Devastating Just stuff. terrible, terrible. We really need to pray for the people in Afghanistan. A lot of them, thousands of them, actually watch our online programs every week. It's an area of the world where we've had actually had a lot of viewers. Hey, Lloyd, can you, can, you, can you answer your phone? I'm going to switch you over from this to the phone. I think we're getting some pretty bad audio. Can you hear me? Okay, that's better. We're going to do this over the phone, aren't we, mate? Well, we might because the the audio quality from the other connection has died. So I'm going to hold this to my... Are you serious? Um, <laughs> well, maybe in the next song you can put your, your Bose headset on, maybe. <laughs> oh, okay, I can flick it to that, okay. Yeah, because well, we're, we're, um, we're in lockdown and we're, we're, uh, we're quite compromised at the moment with what we can do. Yeah, we're very compromised. It's my internet too, not Hunties that's doing the damage. Yeah, um, right. So you, 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 you've been watching this terrible... Terrible scene unfold in Afghanistan. And then you come back to Australia, and I'm not going to talk specifically about COVID-19 this week. I'm going to try and keep that out of the scenario, except to say I think we're up around, what, another 450-plus people today in Sydney? Yes, Uh, terrible, terrible toll today. It's between 450 and 500 almost every day now, and that, that starts to add up and there's, there's a lot of people sick in hospital yep. and there's a lot of people who are who, who are really really struggling at the moment with what's yep. going down yep. um, here in Sydney with COVID-19 but have you noticed the mental health stress this is putting on people I have it's, it's um, the people who are losing businesses who've lost jobs and can't pay their mortgage having their their whole lives um, dramatically changed is, is a lot of stress and, and it's quite amazing, isn't it, when you see even the more famous, and I, I, I don't want to mention his name because it just happened, but one of the more famous actors in Australia today, young man, uh, yesterday committed suicide because he just couldn't cope with the lockdown. It just makes you realise that this is this is a very serious mental health time for people, and people really need to look after their mental health, don't they, Huck? Absolutely, and um, it's such a tragedy because I think this this guy was was mostly upset about losing his ability to to work and earn money because I think the industry he works in has been pretty much shut down since March last year. Apparently, he was really struggling with the lockdown too. Okay, which yep. is which is not great, you know. Yep. But this yep. this is what happens. Hey, um, what would you suggest for our listeners they can do to you know keep keep themselves in a good place with their mental health? Or, or Humpty Crabs, what do you do every day? Because I know you're doing stuff, because we're feeling it too. We're Look, locked down. I've, we're feeling the mental health stress. Indeed. Look, I've had this conversation with my wife, who's quite sick and has had a lot of challenges recently, and I've said to her, look, let's look around us and let's see what we can be thankful for. Yeah. And then yeah. let's think about how worse things could be. I, mean, I feel for those poor people in Afghanistan, especially the, the females now who who can't leave the house to go to their jobs because for fear of being stoned. I think of all the people who are really suffering 
in the world. And I, and I, and I say, I say to myself and to her, I say, look, we have a roof over our heads and we have food. We we are very very lucky. And so that's one thing. Another thing we do is we talk to the Lord. We love to give thanks to the Lord and we ask for His blessings and His mercies. And I guess for our listeners, um, if you're struggling with mental health and depression. In Australia, we've got a couple of really good places you can reach out to. Or well, even before we go there, yep. Hunty. Yep. Simple things. So you, I, I'm with you on everything you're saying. But before we give out those phone numbers, which I think is really important to where, where we want to go as we bring this con- this conversation to a conclusion, um, I think it's really important to get out and to exercise. Get out into the sun every single day. Walk. Ride your bike. You're allowed to do that in lockdown Sydney, in lockdown Australia, you are allowed to do that. Get out, walk, get on your bike, go for a ride, get out in the sun, let the sun beat down on your head and on your skin. It really does lift you. Yep. Um, so I think that's important too. But if you're in a real bad place today and you're really struggling, Hunty's got some phone numbers and I want to encourage you to go there because you, you will get help. You're not alone. The Lord is with you. He'll bless you. You can sense him as you pray, but you can get, and the Lord. The Lord provides for this. You can get help from others. Where would you go, Hunty? Absolutely. And in Australia, you can go to Beyond Blue or Lifeline. Let me give you those numbers. So it's um, 131114 for Lifeline, and it's 1300 224636 for Beyond Blue. Um, if, you, if, you text, if you text us... We'll, we'll hook you up and put you in touch with both of those services. And you can text us on yeah. our number, which is the uh, 0488-880-851 number. But first call is to Lifeline 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue, one 4636 Okay, and when you see these things happening, what do we know? We look up. Because with all the troubles and the trials and the challenges we're seeing in this world, Jesus will be here soon. You can take that to the bank. Jesus will be here. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Okay, we've got a great song here that we're going to start the program up, off with today. Ancient words. I love this. I love this beautiful, beautiful Christian song. And I actually love this version from Keith Lancaster. Ancient words. Oh, 
Okay. How are you going over there, Hunty? Yeah, going, going good, thanks, mate. Can, can you hear me loud and clear? Yeah, I got you. I'm just about to get Simon done mute his mic and then we'll get going. Okay, well, we'll do that. I'm glad to have Simon Gilotti with us today. He's our youth director here in Sydney for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He's a good bloke. He's a Queenslander. How are you going, Simon? How you going? Good, guys. You can hear me all right out there? Yeah, mate. We can hear you great. Uh, awesome. We're, good we're to be checking with you. Today, but, <laughs> yeah, we're checking today because we really have got uh, internet meltdown here. I think it's centred in the Grolleman house. How's your internet going over there, Hunter? You holding up? Yeah, I can hear you and Simon. I can hear you guys great. How about Simon? You hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you good. I can hear Lloyd good. Okay, I'm ready. we're blessed. Okay, all well. Hey, I got some... Remember last week we had this guy on board and... Uh, I promised him we had some really hard questions. And I know these are, are really sensitive questions, but I hope this is helpful. Maybe you get a new perspective, not just of Christianity, but Adventism towards some very delicate topics in our, uh, in our culture. But even before we go there, uh, Pastor Sai, am I allowed to call you Pastor Sai? I heard you call yourself that yeah, uh, last night. Is that, is that how pa- it goes? Pastor Sai? Pastor, Pastor Sai is good, mate. I get called that all the time. I'm happy with that one. Pa- no problem. Pastor Thai, our youth director. Hey, what what do you do for hobbies and interests? Have you got any? Yes, certainly do. Um, probably my main hobby is the gym. I love working out, so uh, I like lifting weights, but I also like CrossFit. CrossFit is a lot of fun as well, and, um, yeah, I, I usually try and get in about five sessions a week or something like that. It keeps me going. Oh, I don't like that CrossFit. I think for Hunty and me, that's a short road to a heart attack. <laughs> isn't, isn't, that, isn't that where you just do, like, really strenuous exercise for half an hour or 40 minutes or an hour? It, it is It is pretty strenuous. It's a mix of strength. Usually there's a little bit of weightlifting to start us off, and then after yep. that they normally throw in some kind of high-intensity cardio workout. And, um, yeah, by the end of it, you, you feel good, but you definitely feel a little sore. <laughs> How long does that go for, like a, a normal CrossFit session? About an hour. Most normal sessions oh. are about an hour. But, but you know, oh. that includes warm-up, the strength bit, the cardio bit, and warm-down. So that's all of it in there. Oh, boy, I hope it's a long warm-up and a, a long warm-down. Hey, what about the, the – I've watched you on, on Facebook – uh, a couple of times. What do you bench press, man? Well, I think I think my top bench press is probably around about 120 kilos, uh, just for one rep. But uh, so what I you I like, you bench press more than you weigh. Yeah, yeah. So I weigh about 80 kilos, and I can bench press about 120. And um, usually for reps, I'll bench 100 kilos, reps of five, something like that. You're actually bench pressing the 120 kilo. If I can let something out here, you're actually bench pressing me, which is no mean feat. Uh, okay, so so you take fitness pretty 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 seriously. Yeah, I do. I do. I really like to. Um, you know, I well, I started lifting weights when I was um, mid twenties, and yep. I sort of got a bit slack there when I got married, as we sometimes do. But I've picked it up more in recent years and, and, and trying to get right into it and just keeps, okay. it, keeps you going good. And, and do you have any other exercises that you like to get into? Um, or or any other hobbies that you like, that you enjoy? Reading. I like reading. I read books all the time. So I've got three or four books on the go right now that I'm reading. 
try and keep smart. Okay, fantastic. Well, you're a man of action. There's no doubt about this. Well, you ready for some questions, brother? Hit me. I'm ready. Uh, I was born a girl. This is a real question. But I feel like a boy. And I want to change gender. What is your advice? How's that for a question? Ask the thought. Hey, that is a that is a tough question. That one, but you know, my advice to anybody who is dealing with these sorts of um, issues in their lives, the first advice I would say is, is don't rush anything. Um, there's a psalm in thirty Psalm thirty two verse eight which says, "I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you." And that's a beautiful psalm which really tells us that God loves us. And I think God mm. wants the best for our lives. He wants to be a part of our life. And so I would say to anybody who's coming across a big decision like that, that, um, you know, you want to just pursue Jesus in your life and know that his loving eye is on you and give him an opportunity to speak into your life. I, that would be my first bit of advice for someone like that. Um, secondly, I, I would say also ask yourself, well, who's supporting you? You know, who have you got around you? We're talking about family, we're talking about friends, we're talking about folks that love God and that can help you in your journey with Him. It's really important to have good support around us when we come across these sorts Mm, of things in our lives and these big decisions. Uh, And, you know, the the third thing I'd say to anybody who's facing something serious like this is uh, professional help is really important and there's no embarrassment in that. And I'm talking about counsellors and psychologists, Christian ones preferably, because they they connecting with God and can help you in that space as well. Um, but it's really important. You know, I've been to counsellors and stuff like that before for professional help, and, and you'll find that, that that can be really helpful to, to help you navigate through some of these difficult things that we face. So that would be my, okay. my three bits of advice. Is, yeah. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty good advice there, um, and I appreciate what you had to say. Um, I suppose walking with Jesus in any of these big life decisions is really important, isn't it? Uh, he helps us to make good decisions. Is, is it, that's a fair point? That's, that's the main thing, I think, really, out of all of it. You know, there's the scriptures time and time and again reveal the love that Jesus has for us in our lives. And I've just found for myself time and time and again when I've had a big decision to make, um, that connecting with Jesus can, can really give you some clarity. And he'll he'll guide you, he'll guide you through the scriptures, he guides you through other people. He'll often you know, sometimes I'll go to church and, and that message it needs it nearly seems like that pastor sat down and wrote it just for me that week. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so, that's so, been a really good experience. Mm. So look look for God to be talking to you and he will. That's that's what you're saying there. So through your Bible study, through your prayer, he'll talk to you through people at church, he'll talk to you through counsellors and take your time. Is, is that more or less what I'm hearing from you here? 100%. 100%. Take your time, look for the voice of God, and surround yourself with people who you know they love you and they love God at the same time. And and I think with that, you're you're going to be in for heading in the right direction. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, and I have uh, another, what I reckon is a, a difficult question, but it's the sort of issues that young people are facing today. Uh, and this is a big one. Uh, why is the Bible so anti-gay? Right. That is a big question. Yeah, it is. You know, as I, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely a big question. But uh, as I think about that question, I really, I really think I'm not so sure the Bible is so much anti anything in its mm. teaching as it is pro you and I. And that's people. Mm. And what I mean by that, you know, a scripture comes to mind, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says there that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And time and time and again we see these concepts in scripture about the love that Jesus has for us. Romans 8 is a beautiful one where it talks about how nothing can actually separate us from the love of Christ which is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, just these beautiful scriptures that, talk about God's love for us. And, and and for me, you know, sometimes I'll be reading through the scripture and I'll come across something that seems like, oh, that's a bit hard, or oh, I'm not sure I agree with that, or oh, how do I handle that one? But at the end of the day, um, I have to be reminded that God really only wants the best for us. So if there's yeah. something that might seem a little bit hard to take, comprehend, etc., it's about having that faith that, that, that Jesus really does want the best for us, and he's pro-us. He wants to see our yeah. lives be a, a real success. Oh, well, I, I want, th- th- there's a second and a third part to this question, and as I say, these are real questions from young people, Pastor Cy. Um, this one, I am gay, is there a place for me in the church? Now, I'm talking to one of our youth, lead- youth leaders here who looks after about 2,000 young people, and he would have a number of young people who are, uh, facing these sort of challenges. So what's the answer to that? I'm gay. Is there a place for me in the church? You know, I'm glad you brought up that idea of the the young people um, that may be facing that because the reality is, as I think and sit here with you guys today, I can think of young people, numbers of them, that are um, that are facing issues like this in their lives and even, even some that are facing issues like the question you asked me before. Um, you know, so... The, the first thing that comes to my mind is, yes, 100%, there's, there's room for, for you in the church. And as Jesus loves you, you know, so do we as church leaders. Um, we, we absolutely want to have, have you involved in the church. You, you, you might say, yeah, but the church is teaching on homosexuality and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it doesn't seem to, to line up with, uh, with me, because I, you know, I feel like I'm gay and stuff like that. But uh, uh, we actually really love you, and we want to have you as part of the church. And I think Jesus mm. wants to have you there as well. Well, there's no doubt about that, isn't there? Jesus came for us all, uh, and He loves us all, and it's a deep love, and He died for us all. Uh, and and I guess in some sense, it's unfortunate that in the past, uh, um, people of all sorts of different uh, persuasions have sometimes felt unwelcome by other members, and, and, and even a, a cry out to our members. Let's make sure we treat each other. And I'm talking to the Adventist Church, those who belong to our our group. Let's make sure that we treat each other, no matter where they come from, no matter who they are, with a gentleness, a love, a courtesy, and a respect that uh, that Jesus would. I, I think that's a fair, fair comment, isn't it, mate? 100%. You know, I reflect on the church, and I agree with you. There's times where, um, as members, you know, we might have come across as, judgmental and not accepting and 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 things like that and i i just think that uh we need to rethink that and and make sure that we make people feel welcome and that they know that um they're part of the community and that that god loves them in a really big way okay the last part and then i'll let you go because i know you're a busy man even though you're locked down you're working big time and it's 
still on this theme. Do I have to be straight? Yeah, look, that's another another really um, really, really good question, probably something that some people are dealing with. And you know, I think, again, when it comes to these sorts of um, decisions about the life that you take and the direction that you take in your life, again, I would just say um, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but rather I'd say pursue Jesus in your life. You know, yeah. as I said before, that, that Psalm 32, 8, I will guide you with my loving eye on you. And then there's another beautiful Psalm, 37, verse 4, which talks yeah. about how God actually gives us the desires of our hearts. And, and what happens is, as we're in a relationship with Jesus, our hearts get in tune with his hearts, and we just know. We just know which which is the right direction to go with our life because he puts that on onto our hearts. So I would just say to anybody who's facing that question, um, pursue Jesus Pursue a relationship with him, um, get some good people around you, and and let God speak into your life. That's great advice, uh, Pastor Sly. In fact, pretty much that's good advice for anything in life, isn't it? Seek Jesus, have a relationship with him, and let him guide you and show you the way. And, and I, I don't know about you, I don't know about you, um, Pastor Sly, but I found it always a lot easier to be talking to the Lord Jesus and getting guidance from often than I do from, from people who can be judgmental and very harsh. De- def- definitely. I actually find a lot of peace. And I I actually, every morning when I wake up, I'll spend some time reading the Bible and, and saying a prayer and just connecting with Jesus. And I find a lot of peace. And I, I'll often find a lot of answers to the things that I'm facing in life at, at, at that time. And so I would just encourage anybody to go down that same track it's a safe bet. Well, Pastor Sai, thanks for joining us today. It's been a joy to talk to you, and I hope we can get you on again soon. Would love to, guys. It's been a pleasure. And um, just just thinking of all the young people out there, especially those that are you know, coming across some of these hard questions and, and their things in life, and uh, if they ever want to reach out, reach out. We'd love to talk to them. And, um, yeah, God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you, Pastor Sai. Thank you. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Well, that was a good interview, Hunty. Very well done. And he's a good bloke and he's got a good heart. He loves the Lord Jesus and he knows how to lead young people to him. And I think that's what makes a good youth leader, doesn't Absolutely. it? Yeah. Um, now, listen, we, we do have Ask the Aussie Pastor again today, right? We do, we do. And um, we've we'll already given one shout out for this, but we want more, don't we? We want we more do. questions. We'd love to hear from do we you. Have any question, do we have any questions in yet, Hunty? Yes, they've been coming in steadily. We've got quite a few already, but we'd still like to hear from you because if this program's to benefit our, our listeners, we need to know what you want to know. So please text well, what, us yeah. or SMS us on 0488 880 or you can email us info at aussiepasta.com. Hey, Hunty, I, I see you using the word text now, not just SMS. You're you're relenting on that little uh, No, no, no. There's no relenting. He likes the word SMS, which comes from about 1985. It's still technically the correct term. If you want to use your phone, it's an SMS. I've only changed <laughs> it to text because I'm sick of being called out by you. <laughs> <laughs> so look, <laughs> I get, get in contact with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. We, we really do want to hear from you. I love it when your questions come through. Yep, Even too. when they stump me, which they do sometimes, don't they? That's my favourite part. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a great song from Alan Jackson, yep. who's a 
Oh, yeah, country and western star, really. He is. Uh, country singer. There's power in the blood. By the way, Hunty, as yep. we play this, this actually is my father's favourite song. Good stuff. Thanks, Hunty. No worries. Power in the blood and uh, Alan Jackson. <laughs> you be free from the burden of sin there's power in the blood power in the blood would you or evil a victory win there's wonderful power in the blood there is power power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb there is power don't you? That was a ripper, one of my shirts, and I love the piano in it too, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I like this guy. Hey, how are we going? I can't see you, you know. I, I know, it, we're you, flying blind, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I can see you on yes. my computer, but you can't see I, me. I can't see you, that's no, all my cues, I don't know if you're seeing them or not. Yeah, we're, go- we're going to try and fix this up in a minute. We will uh, try, yes, we'll, re- we'll restart uh, your computer. <laughs> yeah, because we- we've just had a... Um, uh, We've launched a program maybe a week or so ago, Hunty, called yep. What Would Jesus Say in the Pandemic? That's right. And it's it's online. Yes. It's an online program. I think we've got 6,000 people contact us on email, on, on our webpage. 6,000 right? people clicked on the Learn More button, which took them through to our website, and we had hundreds of people who went through the uh, Facebook Messenger app as well. Yeah, uh, because I think people are interested, what would Jesus say, or what did Jesus say about the pandemic? And so, even though it's an online program, I want to share it with you, uh, uh, the, the second part that we... When did we uh, do this last night, Hunty? Uh, yes, we did this yesterday. 
Yeah, so uh, um, it's made for television. It's made to be online. Where, where can they actually go and watch it? They want to watch it later, Hunter. Certainly. Look, all Aussie pasta TV programs are all easily found. If you go to Google and type in Find Jesus, one word, you'll find their website, which is www.findjesus.tv. Or you can go to aussiepasta.com and find their videos there. Or you can find the Aussie pasta on Facebook. But the easiest way is to go via Find Jesus or aussiepasta.com. So if you go to findjesus.tv, yes. what do you see when you get there? You click on the button that says live broadcast and you can watch you when we do a live broadcast. But the easiest way to find Aussie Pastor is on Facebook, by far. Oh, okay. Um, and the program you'd be looking for is called... What Jesus Said About the Pandemic, Program 2, which is what we're about to right. uh, share with you. Okay, Hunty, let's go for it. I Indeed. hope you enjoy this. It is talking specifically about what Jesus said about the pandemic. Thanks, mate. Indeed. G'day. My name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie Pastor. Welcome to our program today. I'm going to talk to you, it's part two actually, of what Jesus said about the pandemic. Yep, 2,000 years ago, sitting on a mountain overlooking Jerusalem, Jesus' disciples, they're his followers, they come to him and they said to us, what will it be like at the end of the world? They had this sense that their world was ending and they wanted Jesus to tell them, hey, so we know that it is the end of the world, what will it be like? Now here's the deal, Jesus is God. He came down and lived as a man 2,000 years ago. The Christian church has believed that for 2,000 years. That's what the Christian church is built on. Jesus is God, came down, died on the cross for our sins, was resurrected from the dead and is now back in heaven, and soon he'll come back to get us. That is the entire, I just gave you, the Christian message in a nutshell. And for 2,000 years, that's what we've believed. And so here's Jesus 2,000 years ago. He's sitting on a mountain. Just outside of Jerusalem, it's called the Mount of Olives, I've been there, beautiful place. And the disciples said to him, his followers, what's it going to be like at the end of the world? Now Jesus said the world will end, that's right. Right from the the beginning, Jesus has said this world is finite. It will not go on forever. It will come to an end. Like sands in an hourglass, so is time on our planet. And just like I'm getting old, and I am, 57, things aren't working properly anymore. Actually, off to the doctor this afternoon about something else. The world is getting old. It will come to an end. And so Jesus says to his disciples, this is what it'll be like just before the end of the world. He says, the first thing you'll you'll notice is there's going to be lots of wars, an increase in the intensity and the frequency of wars. And we looked at how over the last 120 years there's been more wars in history than ever before. And I mean, even today, I get up to the news that the Taliban has taken over the main capital city of Afghanistan, Kabul, and that 20-year-old war is grinding down... To a horrendous conclusion. I feel so sorry for those people in Afghanistan. But everywhere you look on the planet today, there's wars. And we looked at it. Russia and and America threatening war. China and America and Taiwan and North Korea. And then we get the Ukraine and Russia. And it just goes on and on and on. Azerbaijan and Armenia. You can go to Africa and there's wars right through that continent. There's small-scale wars in South America. There's even wars breaking out. In Europe, it's in 
incredible. I mean, go to the Middle East if you want to see war. Everywhere you look, there's war. And so we can pretty much look at that sign and, and tick it off and say, yep, that's happening. Then he said there'd be disasters, natural disasters, man-made disasters. He said there'd be volcanic eruptions, there'd be earthquakes, there'd be tsunamis, there'd be floods, there'd be hurricanes, there'd be cyclones. He said all over the place there's going to be an increase in the intensity of natural disasters. Now, are you going to be a disaster for me while I'm doing this Bible study? What are you whinging about, mate? This is Roger, if you don't know. He's my right-hand man. So Jesus said there'd be wars, he said there'd be natural disasters, and then he said there'd be this one, pandemics. And right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. Monday, 477 people, I think, in New South Wales today. Pandemics. And here's the deal, the pandemics, this is just a start. The world is ending. Jesus, Jesus told us that. The world is ending. And there's going to be pandemics and sicknesses and viruses everywhere. I don't want to scare you, but that's what Jesus said. In fact, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, this is how Jesus describes the world just before it ends. He says this, For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Jesus is saying, just before the world ends, and I believe for what it's worth, we're going into that time now. I think the world is ending. Jesus said there'll be a time of trouble like has never been. In Luke 21, 26, describing the same time, the end of the world, Jesus says people will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. And that's where last week I challenged you. I said, above all else, this is not a, a call for you to, to join a religion or, or, or to join a denomination or a movement. This is a call for you to Jesus Christ. And I know Aussies are not into that. I mentioned that last week. But I said you need to go away and try this. And if you haven't, you need to do it. If you are anxious and if you are afraid and if you are fearful and you are uncertain about the future, you need to pray. And pray, prayer just means you talk to God in your language, in your way. This is the time for prayer. And Aussies, Jesus is calling you to prayer. I don't care that we've become a secular nation. I couldn't care less if religion is on the nose. I actually get it. I get it. But Jesus is not religion. He's calling you to talk to him. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, that means by talking to him, and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. That's what you're going to get, peace. If you've got peace, you can go through anything. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus. So how will the world end? When Jesus is talking to his disciples on this mountain, he gives all these signs that will help us to know the world is ending. And by the way, he was talking to us more than he was those guys back there. He's talking to us living in this day. And then he says, this is how the world will end. Luke 21, 28. He says this. Now, we need to take notice, I believe, as time Australia stopped and took notice of what Jesus said, because what Jesus said is happening right now before our eyes. We are seeing all these signs. We are seeing all these trouble. We are being challenged. We are going into a fearful, fearful time. Only those who are praying and talking to him are going to get the peace that you're going to need to go through this time. I mean, one of the biggest problems with the Australian government in Australia now, they're acknowledging that the government is acknowledging this, that one of the biggest problems is mental health. People are going a bit loopy, and I get this too, with what is going on in the world. They can't cope. It's overwhelming them. And they're having mental breakdowns. And that's where Jesus comes in. 
He puts a stop to that and he gives you peace. You talk to him. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to belong to a religion. You don't even have to be a believer to start off with. Just say, look, Jesus, I'm here. I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to tell you my problems and I'm asking for you to give me peace. And he will do that supernatural thing. I can't do it for you. That's why this is the real stuff. This is, this is not some sort of fabrication, some lie pie in the sky stuff. I'm telling you things that work. When you pray, this is a supernatural thing that he'll do for you. It's between you and him. Oh, I've got nothing to do with it as a pastor. As you pray, he gives you peace. And then he tells us this is how the world will end. This is interesting. Luke twenty one twenty eight says, So when you see all these signs, all these things begin to happen. He said, Stand up, look up for your salvation is near. Jesus says, Rescue is coming. That's what he means by that. Stand up, look up to the skies. Rescue is coming. The world won't end before I come and rescue you. That's his promise. Jesus is coming to rescue you. So how will the world end? Well, I'm going to read the text straight. Now, now it's pretty easy to keep up with. I get that this is really surreal stuff. So this is what Jesus said would happen. Reading it straight from the Bible, Matthew 24, 30 and 31. This is Jesus speaking on that mountain to his disciples, but he's talking to you. And then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming. So what's going to happen? Jesus is going to come. He's going to come to rescue you. And then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens. It'll be very visible. And there'll be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. Most people will not be happy to see Jesus. Why not? Because they don't know him. They're not talking to him. They haven't chosen him as their God. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He's going to come. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be visible. Everybody will see it. It will shake the very foundations of the earth. Matthew 24, 30, 31. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet. And they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from one end to the other. That's what he's going to do. When Jesus comes, it's a big noise. You, you can't miss it if you're alive. You look up into the sky. There's angels everywhere from one end of the heavens to the other. And he, with the blast of a trumpet, he sends his angels to get you. If you love him, if you've chosen him to be your God, if you worship him, he sends his angels to get you. Revelation 1 verse 7, just in case you're missing the point here that everyone who's alive when Jesus comes will see it. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him. If you're alive, when Jesus comes, you will see him. kind of hope I'm alive, old Roger. Yeah, I do. I'd like to see that. 1 Thessalonians 4, it's not the end of it though. Look at this, this is great stuff. This is talking about the end of the world and Jesus coming when he comes to rescue. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves, then together with them we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, then we will be with the Lord forever. This picture is about as good as I could get and I still don't think it's real good. You've got a picture of Jesus coming in the clouds of heaven. It's not really how to look because as you look at this picture, you can see two lines of angels, but there'll be angels just flooding the sky all over. There'll be no gaps. The whole sky will be full of angels. And Jesus will blast a trumpet and there will be a resurrection. And those who died, this is where I get my peace from. Those who died loving Jesus will be resurrected. And what happens? Together with us who love Jesus and are alive, we rise up in the, the air to be with the Lord and we'll be with him forever. Now, where do we go, a lot of people say? 
Well, Jesus tells us that too, John 14, 1 to 3. This is what he says. I know it off by heart. Jesus said to his disciples, In my Father's place, that's heaven, there are many mansions. So he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said, I will come again. That's what we've just been talking about. So that where I am, there you may be also. That's right. Those who are resurrected, and only those who love Jesus are resurrected. And those who love Jesus and are alive will rise up in the sky and will go with Jesus to heaven. I can't wait. I seriously cannot wait for Jesus. That's the story. That's what happens. So if I were to die of COVID, God forbid, but say worse comes to worse. I've, I've been actually, I've had both my AZ AstraZeneca jab. But if I was to die of COVID, it would disturb me, but not to the end of the earth. Because as I sit here right now, this Aussie boy, Remember, I'm a look. I know this will put a lot of you off. I'm a Broncos man. I, I go for the Queensland State of Origin team. I'm for the Bulls, our cricket team. I'm a Queensland boy living in New South Wales, but I love our Aussie team, cricket team. I love our I love our Olympic team. Love watching the Olympics a, a week or two ago where we cleaned up seventeen. I'm a typical Aussie boy. Some people might say I'm a bit of a weirdo, but I don't think I am. I'm just a normal Aussie boy. I'm a normal Aussie boy who needs to lose some weight, like most Aussie men my age. I get how we're not into Jesus Christ. I get how this is what all Aussies used to believe 50, 60, 70, 100, or most of them 100 years ago. We lost this in our culture. We lost this in our nation. We lost Jesus somewhere, and we got to come back because Jesus is going to come. And he'll come for you when this world ends if you choose. So when you talk to the Lord in prayer about your fears and your anxieties, and I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Some of you are already experiencing the peace I'm talking about, but he'll bring it to you pretty quick. I mean, real quick. You start to talk to him, tell him you're anxious and you're afraid and, and all, and all or to share with him all your fears. He's going to give you peace almost immediately. Well, it is pretty much immediately. But when you're talking to him, don't just tell him about your fears. Maybe add this one this week. Just say, uh, Lord Jesus, when you come, remember me. Lord, rescue me. Let me pray. Dear Lord, we are just average, ordinary day Aussies. Our country wandered a long way from you. But today there's some of us here thinking about coming back. I pray, Lord, that you'll touch the hearts of those who are watching, if this be the truth, that you convict them to pray. I, I, I really do pray, Lord, that they'll tell you about their anxieties and fears. And more than that, Lord, I pray, and I know you will because you promise that you'll give them peace. But also, Lord, I pray maybe it would be a good thing if each of us were to ask that when you return, you'd rescue us. I know you'll hear that prayer and you'll honour it too. Thank you, Lord, I pray in your name. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Oh, what a program we're putting together today. Top shelf, one, mate. Top shelf. <laughs> one of our very best. Well, we're going to uh, do Ask the Aussie Pastor after this next song. I yes. guess it's, it may not be too late to yet get a question in. I don't know, Hunty. <laughs> Is time up? Uh, no, there's still time. So please, uh, text us on 0488 
8881 or email us info at this song's from Anna Beden, who was, when I was the church pastor up in Landsborough in South Queensland on the Sunshine Coast, she was just a little baby girl. I can still remember. You remember we interviewed her not long ago, Hunty? Yes. And that's a beautiful song. Man, yep. uh, maybe I am a bit biased toward this young lady because we have history. I don't know. But I just really, when I heard this song, and it's a new song for me, I, I don't really know it that well, but I just love this song. I think you'll enjoy it too. Anna Beden, I am convinced.
beautiful, aren't he? Beautiful song indeed by a beautiful lady. And I love the words to I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate me from the love of God. Hey, we're back on our normal equipment. That sounds a lot better, mate. Well done. How do I sound? Normal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's working again? Yeah, it's working again. Oh, praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord. Praise yes. the Lord. I was glad to get off yes. that phone. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And just by the way, if you were listening to that little series we did on what does Jesus say about the pandemic, I just want to remind you, you can watch that because it's kind of designed to watch, not to listen to. I know I'm taking a little bit of a, uh, uh, what's the word? Liberty. A liberty. Yes. Putting a television program on radio, but I really want you to hear it. And it's not a series that's finished yet. We're looking about what God has to say about the pan, what Jesus, who is God, has to say about the pandemic, but not just the pandemic, what Jesus has to say about the times we live in. And it's not a long, it, 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 these programs are not long, are they, Hunty? Why? No, 15 minutes. 10, 15 minutes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, it, it's come time for me to face some music. That's right. They got some Ask the pastor. Okay. There are some great <laughs> questions in here. The first one, um, is it true that people in Bible times lived 900 plus years before the flood. Uh, okay, so that question, before the flood, did people used to live these long uh, lifetimes? I think Methuselah was the oldest and he yep. was, what, 969? 969. Yep. Imagine that. Imagine if you got married, say, at 25. Oh, wow. By the time you died, you would have been married for 940 years. <laughs> long years, mate, long years. <laughs> well, you know what? If you got a wife like mine, you'd be happy for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I'm looking forward to actually living with my wife for eternity. So did they used to live these long uh, lifetimes? Well, yeah, I believe they did. Well, what do I believe they did? What evidence, what proof have I got? Well, only that the Bible says it. And if the Bible says it, I believe it. Simple as that, hunty. All right, next question. How do you explain the shocking violence in the Old Testament? Okay, that's a good one, isn't it? How, Absolutely how, a good So one. what is it? How do you explain the violence in the Old how Testament? How do you explain the shocking violence in the Old Testament? Oh, the shocking, shocking word, okay. Yes. Uh, well, look, there is a lot of violence in the Old Testament. There's a lot of war, there's genocide, there's slaughter, there's murder. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the way God wanted things to unpack. The Old Testament scripture describes without too much embellishment what would go what was going on in those times. And there is no doubt in those times there was war, there was murder, there were terrible things done, and the Old Testament describes it. And I think often, not always, but often the descriptions of violence that you see in the Old Testament is because God's people did not follow the direction and the guidance that he gave them. And when they did, you see these incredible stories like Jehoshaphat or Hezekiah, two great kings in Judah, who went to God, their armies didn't even have to go to war hunting. God went True. and fought their wars for them. I mean, you go and read the story, it's incredible. Mm. So I think the reason there's this violence, uh, what's it say, shocking violence in the Old Testament is because the Bible doesn't try and hide the realities of life. It's actually describing accurately what went on. And if you read it really carefully, how if you bring God into the scenario, it doesn't have to go that way. That, that's how I see the violence in mm, the Old Testament. Fair enough. And in fact, I'll go even further. You really want to know what God is like. The best, the best place I can lead you if you want to know what God is like is to Jesus. Go and read the story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and that'll tell you what God is like. So just because the Old Testament d describes this violence doesn't necessarily define that is who is God, because a lot of the time it's not. 
Now, there are times where God in his sovereignty will go to war for his people, Hunty. There's no doubt about that. Yep. But the reality is uh, uh, this is not necessarily how God is. You want to know how God is? You go and look at Jesus. Hey, amen. Yep. All right, moving on. Why doesn't God talk to us directly like he did to Abraham and David and Isaiah? Oh, okay, well, two things there. Why doesn't God talk directly to us? Um Abraham, who was it? Abraham, Abraham, David, and Isaiah. They're all prophets. So prophets have a very special relationship with God where he does talk to them a little bit more directly than he does perhaps to the average Joe Blow, like you and me. But here's the deal. God does talk to you directly. In fact, I'll go even further. God talks to you just as directly as he did to the people of old. He is there. We just have to open our ears and listen. Where does God talk to us? Well, the Bible says um, faith comes through hearing. So believing God exists, faith comes through hearing, Hearing. through your ears. And hearing comes through the... Word of God. Word of God. If you want to hear now, now if you want to hear God talk to you, go to the Bible. Yep. I, I know of no more consistent. Ninety nine point nine percent of God's direction to me comes directly from the Bible. For he sure. rebukes. He rebukes and disciplines me from the Bible. He puts his arms around me and comforts me from the Bible. He encourages me from the Bible. It's ninety nine not point nine percent. It's a miraculous supernatural. It's not a magical book. It's miraculous and it's supernatural. That's different than magical. When you open the Bible, God will talk to you. The Holy Spirit is in his word, is in the scripture. And if you go to the Bible, I can guarantee you God's going to talk to you. He's going to talk to you powerfully. He's going to talk to you clearly. So, so Hunty, he does talk to you just like he did to the Old Testament guys. I do believe that. So next question. Did the Hebrews believe in a being called Satan? Uh, The Jews. Uh, It says Hebrews, uh, but I guess, yeah. uh, Yeah, Old Old Testament. Testament. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. you can go to, I'm just trying to think, uh, Zechariah chapter 3, verses 1 through to 7. That, this is just one example of a contest between, on one side, God, Jesus, Jesus actually, and on the other side, Satan. So, uh, yes, in the Old Testament Bible, Satan is very much a reality, and if you go to the Old Testament religion, if you go to Judaism even to this day, yes, Satan is very much a real live being who tempts and causes havoc, who is actually the instigator, the origin of all the problems and troubles we have today. So that's my answer to that. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes and yes. Okay. Are modern day Israelis still God's people with God's special blessing on them? Uh, look, a simple answer to that. The answer is yes, if they've accepted Jesus as their saviour and invited him into their lives as the Lord of their hearts. Uh, the Israelis, we've been to Israel, Hunty, you mm-hmm. and me, once. We were meant to go back last oh, year. No. I keep whinging and complaining about that. I don't know whether we'll ever go back now, Andrew. Yeah. I hope and pray so. I keep looking at pictures of Jerusalem. I, I don't know what it was. I just love that place. Yeah, and I want too. to go back and I want to do more television in Israel, uh, probably because that's where my master 2,000 years ago walked around. But it's still this incredible, wonderful place uh, to go and visit and to be. And look, the Israelis, uh, together with the Palestinians, are beautiful people and God loves them and he invites them into a relationship with him just as he does everybody 
else. So, yeah, look, if an Israeli, uh, a Jew, uh, invites Jesus to be Lord of their life, definitely a, a part of his special people, uh, and, and God has a special uh, road for them to walk. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Alrighty. This is a very sad question. Has God left the infant Afghani church to suffer persecution? Yeah, that question wants me to makes me want to weep a little yeah, bit. Yeah, me too. And the reason I say that is because we have a lot of viewers come out of Afghanistan on our online programs. How do we know that? Well, because they're talking to us. In fact, some have been talking to me as the Taliban has... Did you know that, Hunty? I don't really? think I've told you that. No, you yeah. didn't. No. As the Taliban's taken Afghanistan out, they've been talking to me, and some are saying it's a good thing, and others are really scared. Uh, has God left them uh, for persecution? Well, look, firstly, God never leaves us or forsakes us. Never, ever, ever. Um, secondly, God's end day church. I mean, Jesus is clear about this in Matthew 24. God's end day church is going to suffer persecution. Is this a time for the Afghani church to suffer persecution? I don't know, but I'm praying for them. Uh, I hope not, but God's church always excels when it's persecuted, and I comfort myself with that. But yes, look, there could be some Afghan if Afghanis in the infant, and it is infant Christian church, but there are there are house churches all over that country. I know that for a, a fact um, that may be persecuted, and uh, we need to pray for them. We need to pray for that beautiful country because they really are beautiful people, aren't they, Hunter? Yes. I've found that personally, the most beautiful, absolutely beautiful people. My heart aches for them with what they're going through. Yep. Uh, may God be with them and give them strength and courage. Okay, I think we've got time for just one more. Um, oh, keep going, bro. <laughs> why does How many God, more have you got? Um, I'll, I'll look while you answer this one. Why does God keep letting the poor get smashed by natural disasters, um, Haiti and earthquakes this week? Well, that's an incredibly hard question. Mm. Why does God let Haiti get smashed? Well, God didn't smash Haiti. I- I'm sure of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That terrible earthquake which looks like it's killed thousands, is instigated and authored by Satan. All these bad things come from him and from darkness in one shape or form or another. So it wasn't God who did it. Why does God allow these awful things to happen to the poor? Well, look, the reality, it's not just happening to the poor, it's pretty much happening to everybody. Massive fires uh, in in Europe. Uh, in fact, Talking about Jerusalem right now, Hunty, outside of Jerusalem, and I wouldn't call that city poor. It's pretty much similar to Australia in, in a lot of places. There's poverty there, of course, but massive fire right now, Hunty, bushfire, yeah. Yeah. which is threatening Jerusalem. Uh, Greece just gone through massive, massive bushfires. Um, the west coast of the United States, very affluent. You and I know that, Hunty. We've yeah. been there. Yeah. Um, Massive, massive bushfires ripping through, um, ripping through, uh, not bushfires, drought, ripping mm. through the west coast of America. They're going to run out of water soon. Wow. Uh, massive, massive, again, that's always massive, massive floods uh, in Europe, like floods like they've never seen, hunting. Yep. And so it's not just the poor who are copping it at the moment, it, it's the whole world. And, and, and the whole world is suffering and groaning. And, and Jesus warned us about this in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 where he said there'll be more earthquakes, there'll be more typhoons and hurricanes and floods and, and all these things, much, much more. Uh, and it'll be increasing in intensity and frequency before I come. So what Haiti is experiencing, 
Um, I think in an, in some shape or form or another, the rest of the world is or will. Now, before you give me the the, <laughs> the, the wind up, <laughs> the wind of death. Are there any more questions? No. I kind of like this. No, this. you've done well. You've gotten through them. So we got through them all. Yes, well done. Okay, you ready to give the sting? Hunting? I am ready. He's got his hand up. Let's That's go it. the sting. <laughs> You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Actually, Hunty, was that the sting or was that some cheering there? Uh, they were just happy that we had gotten onto the sting, get, moved the program along, I think. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the, the hardest programs we've ever done technically. Everything is going wrong. Uh, never to worry. This is, this is a good friend of yours singing this song. Yes, um, she's so talented. Yeah. At the, you, do you want to introduce the song? Certainly. Uh, a lovely singer named Anna Weatherup. It's called At the Cross. Alas, and did my Saviour bleed? Did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for someone such as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the Now, she's a professional singer, is that right, Hunty? She certainly is very talented. Yeah, so if you go online on YouTube or somewhere, you can pick up more of her music. Yep. Aussie and Girl? On, and on Facebook, Aussie Girl, and fantastic voice, and she plays the guitar as well. Yeah, okay. Well, I want to welcome uh, Gary Webster. Are you online, Gary? 
Yeah, Lloyd, here I am. Good to good to listen to your program. Yeah, now you are uh, the lead pastor, if I can say it that way, so perhaps so our listeners understand. In the system we call him the president, but you're the lead pastor of the church in Tasmania, correct? Yeah, that's right, Lloyd. And uh, how many churches do you have down there? Uh, Thirteen. So it's not a not like Sydney. No, <laughs> but it's a faithful and a, and a fiery little church down oh, yeah, there, isn't very, it? Very, very, very good people and keen to share Jesus. Actually, one of our uh, uh, daily radio programs comes out of Tassie. Is that right? I'm talking Faith yes. FM. Yes, we do. Nine to ten, we have. Five days a week coming out of Tassie. Yeah. So that's every single day you have a program coming out of Tassie to mm. Australia. To Australia, yeah. What do you call that? It's called, well, man, you've got me, Lord. I, <laughs> I think it's called the, the Tassie... Tassie some... Encounters. Tassie Encounters. <laughs> the, the reason, because my, my bit's called Life t- Time Search. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, so, so you actually go on, right? You're, you're, you're a Faith FM regular. Yeah, yeah, we, we, I do it once a week, and the other guys do it once a week. So over five days, we have five different guys. So when do you do your program? Uh, today, I did it this morning. Okay, and what do you actually centre on when you're here on Faith FM? Well, I, I've been looking at um, how the Bible's true, and looking at a number of areas that show the Bible is, you know, you can depend on it, it's, it's got the goods. And that's done live? That's done live, yeah. What, have you got a studio down there in Tassie? Yeah, a little studio we've got in our office here. It's a nice little one. And Jason and uh, Tabitha sort of interview us all. Mm. So you're not you're not stuck in the front of your house like Auntie and me? <laughs> no, no, I'm looking at you guys and I'm thinking it's good to be in Tassie. <laughs> Actually, we have, a, we have a studio. It's just that we're locked down yeah, in the suburb and we can't, get, we to can't get to it. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So are you not locked down in Tassie at all? No, we've been very fortunate, Lloyd, it's, um, and Hunty, it's, it's, it's been good. But, you know, we really think of you guys because you haven't got it easy. No, no, we haven't got it easy, but it's okay. It could be worse. Uh, the reason I've got you on our program today is because you've been a pastor for how long? Well, this is our 40, 40th year. 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're looking good too, mate. Yeah. Oh, good on you. you a a pastor for, life. for 40 years, man. <laughs> He's, he's one of our bosses, see, so I've got to give him a, a little bit of a pat here. Hey, um, so 40 years, but it's, you haven't just been a pastor. You are actually what we'd call an evangelist, which means you centre in preaching, not just preaching, but presenting to the public. Is that correct? Yes, yes, I do those programs. That's the other half of my job. I run programs around the community trying to help people know that the good Lord loves us and he's coming soon. And so you've been uh, studying prophecy, which is, which I want to talk to you about today. You've been sure. studying prophecy for quite a while. Yes, yes, it was a great interest of mine when I was, you know, when I came to know the Lord. That's how I really got interested in prophecy. Yeah, well, I actually got you on because I've actually listened to a number of your sermons where you do preach and teach prophecy. So I want to ask you a, a few questions about Bible prophecy today. Mm. Perhaps you can unpack it a little bit for our listeners. Is that okay? Sure, sure. Hey, Lord, before you go there, I was just listening to you a while ago. I think Hunty asked you a question about long ages in the Bible. You know, yes, I, I did. Yeah. And I, I thought that's an interesting question because they've actually found a Sumerian king list where the guys didn't live 900 years but thousands of years. Wow. So I'm not saying they lived that long but there's good evidence for the Bible when it, when it, when it trots out these numbers, you know, aside from just well, the Bible said it, there's, there's evidence from the Bible. With those Sumerian kings, is that yeah. after the flood or before the flood? Before the flood. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
Okay, maybe we can get you on and talk about that another time. I'd be very interested in that, to be honest. Oh, I should have yeah. closed, closed my mouth, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into this prophecy thing because, as you know, we're on a we're on a fairly strict time schedule here. Yeah. Um, how would you define Bible prophecy? Well, the way I define it is, is someone who speaks for God. Well, usually people think of prophecy as predictions. Well, that's a small part of it. But a prophet is a spokesman for God. He's, he's bringing God's messages to people. Okay, well, that's a good answer. In fact, it's, it's not how we always look at it because often we think uh, predictions for the future, don't we? But as you say, yeah. it's just someone who, who has a special line to God. Well, that, that brings it into sharp focus that it's, he's not just someone who's got like a crystal ball. His, his messages, his prophetic messages or his predictive messages contain messages from God to help us in the here and the now. Yeah, okay. How many prophecies are there in the Bible? Well, there's around about 800 prophetic verses in the Bible, Lloyd, and 90% of those have already been fulfilled in ancient civilizations to do with the Bible, like the Egyptians and the Assyrians. So the 10% left uh, are dealing with our time and, and things that are developing now and soon to come on board. Have all those prophecies, you said the 90% that have already yeah. happened, they've all come true? Absolutely. The Bible's, got a, the Bible's got a batting average of 100%, not not like the average leading psychic's about 16%. This is, you know... Yeah. I've often said the Bible makes Nostradamus look like some kid playing with kindergarten marbles, you know. Well, well, you know, if we're serious, it really does, because, you know, Nostradamus made some predictions which just never happened, never will happen. So who wrote these prophecies? I think you might have already shared that with us. No, no, I think you're getting ahead of me, Lloyd. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, these, these were written by people, men and women, yep. um, who were messengers of God. And some of the prophecies God gave them, or messages, uh, contained predictive elements. So, yeah, they're men and women, ordinary people like you and me, who were in connection with God. So how did they get their prophecies? Well, some of them got them through dreams, visions. Sometimes God just gave them uh, a thought, you know, impressed it upon their minds. So that's generally the way. But the dreams and visions, especially for things like Daniel and Revelation, these books dealing with our times, they came through dreams and visions. Um, okay. Um, and you've already said they're, they're fairly accurate. You, you said a batting average of 100%, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, too right. The only ones that haven't come true are the ones where God, he makes it conditional. For example, the one about Nineveh. God says, I'm, you know, Nineveh's going to be destroyed in 40 days. The people repented, so God's, God says, okay, good, Let's, we won't let that happen then. Yeah, but the Bible's very clear about that, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not just, it's not just oh, we, we didn't get it right, so we make up a story to go with it. No, yeah. this, was, this was a reason. Is there an overall theme running through these prophecies or are they kind of a bit disjointed and not thematically joined? Well, well, perhaps a better way, a better to say that a number of them have, have certain aims, I would say. You know, the overall idea of prophecy is that God's in control. Mm -hmm. He's not taken by surprise. He's in control of this planet. Also, prophecies are given pretty well all of them to help us believe God so we can yeah. put our trust in him. You know, uh, another one is that prophecies are often given to warn what's coming in the future so we can make a course correction. Mm. And then you've got prophecies that are given to bring hope while we're in troubled times. Mm. Uh, and then finally, prophecies ultimately, all of them really, in a sense, point to Jesus. Yeah, I like that. That's their focus. Yeah.
That's what I was thinking when I asked you that question, actually. Jesus is the centre of the whole thing, isn't he? Yeah, what he's done for us, what he's doing and what he's going to do. Actually, if you lose Jesus out of prophecy, you lose, a, you lose, you lose everything, really, don't you? You haven't got prophecy, really. Yeah, that's right. Why do so many religions have so many different conclusions and theories and different understandings of, of the same prophecy? Oh, that's a good one. Auntie could answer that one for us, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be very happy to give him a go. (laughs) Uh, No, look, look, Lloyd, there's there's a few reasons. Number one, sometimes we come at prophecy with our own human understanding, so we don't even take the time to pray seriously. To understand prophecies that sometimes they've got all these symbols, we really have to go to our knees and say, God, you gave this book. Mm. Please help me to understand. That's one I think that is a trap for any of us. We don't really seriously pray. Secondly, many people come at prophecy with, I think this is what it means. But really prophecies need to be interpreted by the Bible itself because they, they give the, 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 the meaning of the symbol. So if I come at it and I think this, well, I'm, I'm going to be off track from the start. What does the Bible tell me elsewhere to help me understand? And, and lastly, I think, Lloyd, um, if we don't obey what God tells us, yeah. it's very clearly we're not going to understand. Jesus said that himself. You, mm. You'll know the truth when you follow what you've already got. Funny you say that, because even in our own reading of the Bible, the closer you are to the Lord and the more you're dwelling with the Holy Spirit, the clearer it becomes to you and the more he reveals to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've noticed that in my own personal life. So when I'm drifting a bit like we all do at times, I I struggle in the Bible. But but when I'm close to the Lord and the Holy Spirit's in me and I'm going well with him, I understand, and you see it when you're preparing your sermons, not that we're prophets. No, but you, but you do get clearer understanding from Scripture, and, and people are, are blessed by that. So the best way to understand the Bible prophecy is really let let go to the Scriptures themselves and let the Bible interpret. That's, that's very important, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, take for example, you know, the Bible talks about a dragon. Well, the Bible tells us the dragon, Satan, just yeah. bang on. A, king, a beast represents a king. The Bible tells us that. We don't have to guess at it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if you've got a symbol in prophecy. You need to keep going in the Bible till you find out what it is rather than just coming up with your own idea. Yeah, and a, good class, a classic example of that would be in Revelation, you've got the Lamb mentioned 28 times. Yeah. Now, if, if you didn't read the Bible and go back and find what does the Lamb represent, you wouldn't understand that. Yeah. It's, it's not because Tom, Dick or Harry told me what it means. It's because the Bible elsewhere said this Lamb represents Jesus dying for people, every person. So then we can understand it in the prophetic setting. So when you're studying prophecy and you're looking at symbols and you're trying to work it out, you actually go searching in the scripture. Yes, and, and the, the beautiful thing about that, Lloyd, when you go to the Bible, is is you you come you encounter a, a tremendous messages of God. For example, in the Book of Revelation, there's lots of stories that come from the Old Testament. Yeah, suddenly, are. suddenly those stories come alive in a, in our setting for our day. Yeah, so that that leads me to my next question. I think I know the answer to this. Prophecy, Bible prophecy, is relevant for us in the 21st century. 
Oh, too right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, because when you think of ultimately the purpose of prophecy is to build faith, Jesus said, I tell you these things before they happen so that when they happen, you'll believe. So obviously all prophecy is going to help us build faith, and we need faith in a day like ours. Yeah, we do. Now, look, I know I'm almost out of time, but I want to ask you these last three questions. I think this one's an important one. Can you give me a quick example, quick example of a relevant Bible prophecy for us in the 21st century? Yeah, a, a classic would be Second Peter chapter three, yep. verse three, where Peter says, "Look, we know this that in the days, the last days, there'll be scoffers, and they'll scoff at a number of things. One, Jesus is not going to come. That idea of Jesus coming again is nonsense. They'll scoff at the fact that the world was created by God. He spoke it, and they'll scoff at the flood. Now, that prophecy was made uh, two thousand years ago." I mean, only in the last 200 years have we come to the idea that man didn't have a creator God. So if I was, if I encountered this, I would say, wow. Yeah, yeah. So this is a very relevant to our world today, just from that. And then it it goes on and says, listen, Jesus is coming. He just holds off because he's long suffering, but he's going to come. Kind of glad he's long-suffering too. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of us have been blessed by that long-suffering, I can tell you. A uh, couple other quick questions. Um, say I come to the Bible, and I, I want to know more about prophecy, but I really am new to it. Uh, it's, it's an experience I've never had before. I'm struggling a bit. Uh, where could I go to get help to understand Bible prophecy? Well, one, one place that I'd, I'd, I'd go to is... I'll give you a phone number, Lloyd. Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> uh, if, if we were doing TV, I'd get Hunty to put it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> but the Discovery Centre in Sydney yeah. prints, prints uh, online courses and, and hard copy courses of prophecy. It's, it's awesome stuff, Secrets of Prophecy. Just ring 029847-2222. That's a good place. Other than that, Lloyd, go to time... Timelapse.tv, and I've got a whole bunch of stuff there, mate. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually um, encourage that. Time, what is it? Time it's lapse. Time, time, hyphen. Yep. Lapse. Yep. Time with a dash, lapse. Yep. Dot, dot TV, and, and I go through prophecies. I start from, from, well, is the Bible true? And we work our way through to the prophecy dealing with their own time. Well, I'd recommend listeners you do that because I've heard this guy. I'm not, actually, now I'm not patting him on the back. I have heard him preach in prophecy. It's clear, it's simple, it's easy to understand. It can be very helpful, especially if you're first, you know, you're, you're average Aussie and you're first starting to get into this beautiful type of Bible study. Last question, I think maybe one of the most important. Has Bible prophecy, Gary Webster, made a difference to your life? Oh, good one, Lord. Yeah, absolutely. When I was a 19-year-old medical student, I, I was wondering, is there anybody out there? Is there a God? So I started looking at the prophecies of the Bible, especially those dealing with ancient civilizations, and then the ones dealing with ours. And I said, you can't, you can't make, predict these things thousands of years before and get it right without there's got to be someone out there. So that's what led helped me to realise there is a God. And then as I read more of the Bible and the prophecies, I realised this God wants to save all, yeah. save even me. So, so prophecy helped you to find Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's that's what led me to Jesus. That's very intimate and very special. Well, look, thank you for coming on to our program today, Gary Webster. Uh, we appreciate your ministry right around Australia, and and thank you so much for your words of wisdom on prophecy in the Bible. God bless you, mate. Thanks, Lord. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. 
Well, I enjoyed that, Hunty. Yeah, me too. Because I love prophecy. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's wonderful. Indeed. Uh, it, it, every time I get into prophecy, it brings me deep assurance that the Bible is true, that it's real, that Jesus is the saviour of the world. It's just the most incredible thing to study prophecy in the Bible. And uh, look, go to Gary Webster's site, uh, listen, watch and learn as one of the best in Australia shares with you the, the Bible in prophecy. This next song, again from a friend of ours, Hunter. Yeah, he is a great friend, yep. He's a young pastor, yes. a young local guy here in Sydney, yep. a pastor, and he wrote this song and he's singing it, Blind Man.
Castle song from Anders Vanson. Uh, great song. He's a really good songwriter, Hunty. Yeah, absolutely. Really good songwriter. Absolutely. Now, um, we're going to have a quiz. We had a winner last week. Took we, the Bible out. Yeah, now, this is going to be a, this is going to be a special one this week, Hunty. Maybe give him the answer. What do you reckon? Oh yeah, give him the answer. So the lady who what, won. What was the question? <laughs> the question was who went into the ark. Yeah, who went into the ark? So what was the and answer? And the lady named Cheryl. She has the correct answer, and she said. Uh, Noah, his wife, and their three sons, Ham, Sham, and Japheth, and their wives. So, total of eight, and that is the correct answer. It is. So, yes. this week, here's the question, Auntie. Yes. And the prize is something special this week. It's a, you listen to me, Auntie. I'm listening, yep. Leather bound. Yes. Wide margin. Yes. NKJV. Study Bible. Ah, very nice. This is one of the best. I'll tell you what it is again. Leather bound. Yep. Wide margin. Yep. NKJV Study Bible. This one is not a cheap Bible. Okay. And this is a Bible worth winning on our prize line. I hope the question's hard. I think it's not too hard. (laughs) I want to know. Yep. Who are the four men in the fire? In the book of Daniel. Oh, I know. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> you don't get to answer this. Okay. Who are the four men in the book of Daniel in the fiery furnace? I want to know their names and I want to know the chapter. So two two things here, Auntie. Ooh. I want to know the names of the four men in the fiery, fiery furnace. Yep. And I want to know the chapter in Daniel. So I've given you the book. There are yep. only 12 chapters in Daniel. Yep. It's a prophetic book. So who are the four men in the fiery furnace? Their names and the chapter in the Bible it comes from. And if you are the first to get, is it the first hunting? Uh, the first correct answer will take, yes. Yeah, the first correct answer, you're going to get a wide margin, leather bound, leather bound hunting. Wow. Leather bound. It's not a vegan Bible. A wide margin, leather-bound, NKJV bubble. They are beautiful. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. He's the hand on my shoulder from BJ Thomas, one of my favourite singers. Passed away a couple of months ago now, hunty. Yep, yep. Beautiful singer. And this is just one of those beautiful songs that he put out a few years ago. He's the hand on my shoulder.
welcome back. You like that song, Humpty? I do. It's a great song. We still having issues here. I know, right? You know that? I know, right? My, what a day. My world's crumbling this end as well. What a day we've had. Uh, still, it's, a, not, it's the best part of the program now. We're up to the Bible study. Uh, yeah, it is. But I wish we could get the... I think I wish we could get things working properly today. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> anyway, I'm kind of giving up here, mate. <laughs> Trying to get my little clock working. Don't know when this Bible study ends. We'll see how we go. Hunting, you've got, this you've is, got 12, again, you've got 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're following on from last week. And yep. I just want you to go to Romans chapter 7. And I want to remind everybody where, where we're at. What we're doing was talking about the law and grace, how they work together. Do they work together? Or are they at enmity with each other? This is really important stuff because it's actually how we're saved. I want you to go to, just, this is just a reminder of where we were last week, Hunty. Romans chapter 7. Yep. I want you to read straight verse 18 through to 20. And while you're doing that, I'm going to be trying to fix my clock. Okay. <laughs> Am Romans, I allowed to admit yeah, that? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Romans chapter 7. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. Oh, it's my text, Pastor Lloyd. That's the, that's the text that describes my <laughs> <What>? life. <laughs> Why is that your text? <laughs> because I try to do my best, but the things I don't want to do, I do, and... Oh dear, that's it's just that's one of my favourite texts. I think. I think it's how everybody feels, and we used to argue this at college. We used to say, "Is this before someone meets Jesus, or is it after someone meets Jesus?" What would be your guess on that one, Hunty? What do you think? Oh, is it before someone meets Jesus or after? It's got to be before. You you don't you don't think it's after? Okay, it's after. <laughs> well, the more I think about it, the more I think it's after, because then you can, then you realise that uh, you need Jesus. But this person's failing. They're saying, "Hey, I want to be good, but I'm not good." I look at the law and I see what the law says, but I just can't seem to do what the law says. Well, I what my, I want to do, I change my mind to after because I think the law lets you know where you're sinning. Okay. Uh, do, I, do I pass? I think you're. I think you're right. Woo-hoo. It's after. Now, read just just revision, and then we're going to yep. get into this week's study, yep. which is really important. I reckon this week's study might spill over to next week too, Hunty. We'll run out of time. Okay. But read verse 24 yep. and 25 now, okay. because this is Paul's conclusion of what life was before something very wonderful, something supernatural happens. And this is the key to living in Christ that even most Christians don't get. Okay. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. How beautiful is that? And how, tr- and how true is that? It, it is true, and it doesn't leave you. It, it, it doesn't leave you um, up in the air either. Paul says, "Hey, I'm in a mess. I'm miserable, and that's what you are. You're trying to be a Christian. You're trying to do the right thing. You look at the law. You see what it says. You say, yeah, I got that.' There's no one who doesn't get the law. I used to teach my kids the law, hunting. They all get it. Everybody gets it. My little kids of when I used to teach it to them in three and four years of age. I used to well, on the way to school in the car. 
I'd be taking one to kindy and I'd be taking one to, I can remember it. I would teach them the Ten Commandments. They got it. The problem is not getting it. The problem is not seeing the law. The problem is not understanding the law. The problem is keeping the law. And we try to keep it even though we've invited Jesus into our hearts. We want a relationship with him and we just can't do it and we're miserable. Yep. You know what that's like, hunty? Miserable. Miserable, yes. We're powerless. We've got these addictions that have got a hold of us and we just can't overcome. And that's why Paul says, oh, what a miserable man I am. But then at the end of the chapter, remember these chapters were divided many uh, 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 1,500 years after th- this was actually written. So Paul didn't write the book of Romans in chapters and verses. He's just writing. And, and, and he gets to verse 25 and he, he doesn't want to leave us in misery. He's starting to give us the answer. He says, and I'm going to ask you a question here, Hunter, see if you get it. Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Do you get the answer there or not really, Hunty? Uh, tell me. Well, I'm asking you. I'm asking the question. Do you get it or not really? Um, I'm actually I'm actually buried into technical things this very second. How oh, embarrassing. So you, I actually missed okay. the question. So we weren't listening, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um I'm just saying when you read verse 25, do you actually get the answer to the problem of Romans chapter 7? Most people don't, but it begins to give us a glimpse, and the answer is in Romans chapter 8. So if you're living this life, I want to stop you now, and we're going to read Romans chapter 8. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, and I think, I, I think, Hunty... I'm looking at this. I'm actually looking at this in my Bible straight out. Yep. And I want to start at verse 1, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. And if you don't have it, I'm, because we're all having technical troubles here, I'm going to read it for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Listen to this, because this is the beginning. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So the first thing Paul says is you're not going to get condemned for failures. Don't you love that, Hunter? I do love that. So for a couple of blokes who know failure and have experienced failure, yes. I think that's very special. There is no condemnation. Jesus does not condemn you that you are a struggler. I think uh, today um, my mate Simon, Pastor Sai, was trying to share that, wasn't he? Hey, mm, there is yeah. no condemnation. That's right. Jesus loves us, no matter what our challenges yep, are, yep. no matter what our sins and our weaknesses are, Jesus loves us. Verse 2. And because you belong to him, here's the answer, hunty. Yep. Romans 8, verse 2. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Awesome. Did you hear that? I heard that. So what's the answer? Holy Spirit. Jesus. That's it. You got it. First one. The Holy Spirit is the answer. Yep. It is the answer. Now, Hunter, you're going to have yep. to tell me how much time I've got left because yep. my clock is not working. Yep. You know what? Here we are today in the middle of this Bible study. <laughs> yep. Nothing has worked. We are flying blind as bats. That's okay. You've got five minutes left. Thank you, Hunter, and you're going to keep telling me. I will. You know, give me yep. the, give me the, I can see you still, mate, yep, on, my, some on my screen. So yep. give me the, this, yeah, the countdown. Happily. Um, if you want to overcome the failures in your life, I reckon there's only one way to do it. 
and that is to invite, and I've been preaching this, what now, Auntie, three or four years really strong in our church, and three or, three or four years really strong um, in my ministry. If you want to overcome, I'm fair dinkum here, and if you want to have an experience with Jesus that's not rooted in failure, that doesn't get you discouraged, you're trying to overcome stuff, you've got habits, you've got addictions, and you just can't beat them, hey, you can look at the law, it'll tell you what you're doing is wrong, but it will not save you, and it will not give you the power, and it will not give you the strength to overcome. If you want to overcome, you've got to have the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 is clear. Only when you've got, the Bible calls it, Romans calls it, Paul calls it, the life-giving spirit. This is a message for me, hunty. Only when I've got the life-giving spirit inside of me, alive inside of me, can I overcome. Now, this might still sound theological to you. Well, how do I get the life-giving spirit inside me? It's a good question, eh, hunty? Absolutely. Uh, A lot of people don't know the answer to that. How do I get the life-giving spirit? Well, I go to Luke chapter 11. This is Jesus speaking, and it's how do you get the spirit. He says, but I'll tell you this, though he won't do it for a friend, he'll do it for friendship's sake. Don't worry about this bit. This is where I want you to pick it up. If you keep knocking long enough, the answer will come. Verse 9. And so I tell you, this is where I really want to start, hunty. And so I tell you, keep on asking, you'll receive. What you ask for. So Jesus says, hey, keep on asking, you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find what you're seeking. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone, listen to what Jesus says, everyone who asks, I want you to remember that, receives. Yep. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Now here it comes home. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, says Jesus, do you give him a snake instead? Or if you ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you're sinful, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Beautiful. So if you want the Holy Spirit, if you want, and I'm going to go further into this next week. If you want to stop failure, if you want to stop wanting to do right but always doing wrong, the secret is ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask. And if you ask for the Holy Spirit, Jesus said he'll give him to you. It's as simple as that, Andrew. Yes. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to walk up the front. The pastor doesn't have to put his hand on your forehead and you fall backwards. I, in fact, I think that's a little bit of a, uh, uh, a wrong thing, for want of a better word. It's a wrong thing. All you got to do, Jesus said, is ask. And when you get down on your knees and you pray and you ask, the Holy Spirit will come inside your mind. He will come inside your heart. He will possess you. And I've experienced this, Andrew. I've experienced it both ways. Yep. I've experienced what Paul talks about, the failure, the failure, the failure. And then I've experienced victory, victory, victory. So I've experienced both this in my life. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life and he possesses you and he gets into your mind and into your heart and you become a, a reader of the Bible, you get on your knees and you pray, I can tell you with the Holy Spirit inside of you, with this sort of a live relationship with God, and it's a miracle, I can't explain it other than this, you start to overcome the addictions and the sins and the habits and the weaknesses where you never could. And it is so, so beautiful, honey. And it's experience that everybody, everybody is welcome to have if they would just, if they would just ask. Take this world, but give me Jesus. 
but give me Jesus. That's what it means to ask for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and to come into your life. And today as we close this program, I'm going to pray a prayer that is an example of how you can do this, what you can say, what you can do. Father in heaven, I would pray as I come to you today, I would pray, Lord, that you will send me the Holy Spirit. I'm a sinner and I fall down, but in Jesus' name, send me the Holy Spirit, I pray.
In your name, amen. My name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor. I love you, but Jesus, he loves you so much more. Thanks for joining us today. See you next time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 